Welcome to Bitches, Witches, and Queers, a podcast created for those on the edge of life, society, and big change. In this space, you'll hear about how you can make small and powerful shifts in your life towards healthier relationships and take brave steps to trust yourself in every aspect of your life. I like to keep it curious, a bit goofy, and down to earth. Welcome. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bitches, Witches, and Queers. I have the incredible privilege of being here today with Elisha Tichel. Hi, Elisha. Hi. I'm so happy you're here. Oh my God. (laughs) Me too. I have so many questions for you. I've been following you for a little bit now. I found you through Julie Parker and I, God, I want to know, like you mentioned something truly incredible in one of your emails. You mentioned that you were like a little drill sergeant when you were a kid. But like your website, you're so fluid and like spiritual and like the body of your work is around nervous system. And I'm just like, what is the arc here? (laughs) (laughs) What was the first transition to like that more fluid self? Mm, Totally. That's so good. Well, I think that there's, I would still say there's an aspect of me that has that drill sergeant in her. And, but I think what's happened is she's been tempered towards like really what what does she want to drill on about and and how can I and and how like what's the difference between a drill sergeant to protect my own interests or someone who's willing to like really organize and create the structures that would serve others as well as herself so I would say that the the superpower of the drill sergeant is still definitely with me but yeah hopefully she's become more flowy and integrated and not quite so bitchy (laughs) (laughs) so I'm sure that's still there too um you know I really for me I feel like there was a I got I started dancing very early and was always most comfortable on stage um of anywhere in my life like put me on a stage to do just about anything, even if I wasn't great at it, if there was a stage involved, I would go for it. I would do it. And I feel like there was something, yeah, it was really strange. But then, but then in my real life, um, I always felt so awkward and locked and all of these things. And I feel like part of the transition has been understanding that I am really here to explore identity And there was something about being on stage that gave me this freedom and understanding the fluidity of my own identity and the fluidity of experiencing myself as identity in engagement and then how that feeds and what gets created in that. And so I feel like it was really in my 20s and in graduate school where these convergences of like, this is what I'm, this is my curriculum. This is part of what I'm working on here. And I began to apply what I worked on in the studio to life. And then that was really kind of a 10 year journey of like discovering what my work in the world really is, was this convergence of like, what have I been practicing in the studio? What have I been training for and training others for on stage? And wait, how is that really meant to be the training of my life? And how does that integrate into my own self, the the way I feel and view and create and construct self? Mm. Yeah. Um, forgive me if it takes me a little bit longer to reply. There is a tiny bit of a delay. I can hear your voice no just worries. fine, but it's just, it gets off a little bit. So if my facial expression doesn't matter, <laughs> that's why I am a very responsive person. <laughs> I find it truly fascinating that you felt at home in a space of performance and like in, in that, like, not, not necessarily performance, but in 
on a stage in the way that you were like interacting with other people's energy in that particular way. Yeah. Um, was it, the? Was, did you notice that like the first time you got on stage? Before. So I was really little and I would just tell my mom, like I wanted to perform and she just was like, you're crazy. Like I would carry my little uh, my record player around. this like tiny little Fisher Price record player. And this like little box of records. And I would like everywhere we went, I'd be like, did you want me to dance? Did you want me to do a show for you? I would just offer my service. Oh my God, little busker. <laughs> it was like my way of connecting with people was like, I could, I can give you this offering of, of the body of this movement. Um, I can give you the offering of this expression of me. <laughs> that was what, that's how I could connect. And I so, like, I so appreciate that it's so genuine. And also I can see how so early in my life there was something about an intuitive knowing that connecting with people and connecting into this life was going to be a little hard. <laughs> and I'd better find some ways. I'd better find some ways to do that. <laughs> That's amazing. I feel like if I had found, if I had found performance, I would have either been like such like a Stepford, like, just totally masked up kind of like you know yeah. crazy person or I would have just become a hermit like I would have just been like I can't I'm out of here like I'm joining the convent <laughs> so I feel like performance taught me how to interface with life <laughs> thank goodness yeah oh my god I I just find that like so incredible that like you just like knew somehow in your body that like yeah. your presence and physical expression was a gift to those around you (laughs) totally totally believe that (laughs) what a fucking thing to claim so young right so innocently like all about it (laughs) like I'm awesome I'm here would you like to enjoy me (laughs) wow okay you're so fucking cool um I I like there's so much shit on the internet about nervous system especially yeah. right now. Like it's a, like anything, it, it catches wind and like everyone starts mm-hmm. using it. So yeah. I, I want to know, I want to know from you, who's like an actual, uh, what'd you call yourself? An awakened academic. Um, <laughs> what, what the fuck does it actually mean? To yeah. System regulation. So good. So good. Um, you know, I started doing somatics in my early 20s, maybe even a little bit before that, and really just bought in like hook, line and sinker. Like I was doing good stuff for my nervous system. Mm-hmm. And I was like totally. And also we got to get real about some things. And so I think one of the biggest misnomers that's kind of the, and it's not even that we're specifically told this, but it's the way things are presented. We presume this. Mm-hmm that regulation and dysregulation are in opposition and that we're going to finally get enough dysregulate. We're going to get good enough at fixing things that we're not going to be dysregulated. And it's just a fucking lie. Um, you know, our dysregulation, I won't even get it. Like that's, this is the whole thing. Right. So, but it's, the, it's here. It's, it's real. Yeah. And it's not necessarily going anywhere. And so our regulatory processes and practices are really meant to be applied in support of the dysregulation, not to get us out of it. I feel and like you're, if, go ahead. That right there, like just, the, if just that right there. If we understood that, we would stop doing practices to get out of the discomfort, but we would do practices that bring nourishment to our little tender parts that are discomforted and that are 
in really crunchy spaces and places and are navigating loss and grief and confusion and all of these things that are part of life and not going anywhere. You're ne- we're never as a people going to get so zinned out or enlightened or awakened or any of the other things that we'd like to be that remove us from the human experience. Because guess what? This is all about the flipping human experience. So what I'm really interested in is how do we use the nervous system to fall more in love with life and humanity, which means the messy, dirty blood and guts, nitty greediness of it, right? Not that we become some kind of pretense that is like life is now completely contrived. I'm really kind of concerned that like we believe that this new earth that we're meant to be building is some kind of contrived understanding that like Eden isn't the full journey. Like, are you kidding me? Like we're here for the wholeness of it. Like we chose these bodies because they do break down and we learn something in that. Like they do have these issues and we learn something in that. Um, so I just think nervous system is about learning to live in the depth of ourself, right? The depths of ourself and not trying to control ourselves. So I feel like true nervous system work is like what it actually is to meet your inner patriarchy, to meet your inner colonization. All of these things are like what for me, true nervous system work is. And then I'm not, I'm not going to get to a place where like, I don't have a problem or a feeling or a reaction. I just get to a place where I really trust myself to be with those problems, feelings, and reactions from a place of true resiliency. That's my soapbox for today. (laughs) Fuck yeah, we could stop there. <laughs> Jesus. Mm. Oh, that just that feels like a balm to my soul. I oh, good. It, it's like I mean, you name you named it all like the like at the crux of that idea of like I can arrive, I can escape humanity is white supremacy, right? It's this yeah. idea of yes. perfectionism that that mm-hmm. our bodies and our humanity is something to be escaped because it is right and whatever like all of the things that disconnect us from ourselves but what you're describing is actually healing because it is not in denial of reality yeah yeah absolutely you know I moved away from my from somatics um formal somatics and teaching somatics for a little while because I just it it was so supremacist. It was so denying of the experience that we're really having, but definitely the experience that didn't fit into a sanitized um, white female of a certain size kind of body. And when I decided to come back to using somatics kind of super formally and publicly in my teachings, I was still at the university I really felt like part of it was we have to decolonize this. And the first conference that I did, (laughs) um, a workshop on decolonizing somatics uh, was interesting. (laughs) And I think sort of spurred my leaving of the academic ivory tower. So I appreciate that apparently I needed that wake up call. (laughs) Uh, But it really did. It really, I think that was the point that it dawned on me that I could stay in these pristine faces and try and be the rebel, or I could just get back in the trenches and come out of the ivory tower um, and start actually applying this work, not just to performers, which is again, I love performing and it's absolutely saved my life. And also there's a lot of 
contriveness about the pretense that we're doing something that we're not, such as like helping the world. And I think not that performance doesn't, it's absolutely ways that we, we are, we need art. It's essential. But I think the way that we hold a lot of the mechanisms in that world are really false in that we think we're, we're, we're holding a mission that's not true. And I really feel like true nervous system work requires us to be with people and without a little bit of the, yeah, constraint and contriveness of academia and research and these places that I have, I have exodist, exodist, exodized, exodized myself. I'm going to speak up a new word. <laughs> I was going to say exercise. I, <laughs> I think I was like, I think I was thinking exodus, but it did come out with a little bit of the exorcism kind of energy. So I guess both of those things had to happen. <laughs> you had to get it out of you and you had to get out of it. <laughs> uh, totally. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> that's so that's so powerful. And I mean, you know, it, it makes sense. Academia is very, it's a system that's supported by a <laughs> totally. lot of other systems mm-hmm. that are not, mm-hmm. not necessarily in service of the people, um, no. no matter what the subject matter is. And I think yeah. you feel that when you're part of university, whether as a student or as faculty, I imagine. Um, yeah, because it it often has a lot of uh, talk around doing things and the impact that it's going to have when it's in practice. <laughs> it's not actually there. <laughs> not actually there. <laughs> so, what is what yeah. has your journey been like th- since then? As you're like, as you're making, would you say going back into the trenches? What has that experience mm. been like for you? It's been great, and I feel like I've had I had a really long crossfade where I just I was still at the university um but had left sort of leading an apartment and, and a lot of these things and was teaching just getting back in the trenches as well um in a different way to teach general education um arts classes I think that part of the the beauty of coming out of the studio and into a deeper experience of of recognizing that I'd been training like that had been my dojo and I'd have these really um, beautiful ways of distilling the essence of teachings and understanding and having, you know, people right in front of me where I was seeing the impact of certain concepts and, and all of those things. And then being able to apply that on a wider scale and, and in a lot less of a, um, you know, a, experiment is artificial in a certain way, right? We have to create a certain artifice to be able to track it. And so in beginning to bring this out into the world, there are things I still have to track, but there's a way that it's just sort of, it's messier. It's, it's sort of like we threw all the paintbrushes away and now we just use our hands and, and, you know, our feet or whatever we can get some paint on and let it, let it roll, you know, and, and not have to be so precious about everything. Mm. Yeah. Precious and not precious, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> really holding, holding it more precious without being precious with it. Right. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. there, there's such a nuance, and I, I'd be curious to hear what you think about this in your work. I, I find that the more into like you know being human, I realize that I am. The the more I see things being held in dichotomy, like mm-hmm. precious and not precious, and completely worthy and also worthless, and like <laughs> mattering deeply and not mattering at all. It's like it's not clean mm. like we mm. want it to be 
And I love that place. I'm a Gemini. So being able to be on like, hey, hey, sides of everything is like so natural to me. So I really love the cosmic joke of it all. Like I just absolutely delighted in it. Like I'm the deepest, darkest goddess. And also like, I'm a little silly fairy. Like, and I love those dichotomies in myself that I'm like, so completely serious and intense about everything. And then also like, I laugh my head off about absolutely everything. And I don't take any of it seriously. And also like everything is really important to me. (laughs) And I think that in my own, experiencing that in my own self as well, has just really made it easier for me to recognize like, yeah, life is built this way. It all matters and absolutely none of it matters. And it's really important and it's all happening now. And also time doesn't exist. And I just, I I just absolutely love it. And I love the, I just love, it's like a, it's just a fucking joke. And it it really matters to me. (laughs) I feel so seen in hearing you say this because it's, it's my favorite thing. It's, Uh, it's just, I go like, my partner, bless him, is a lot more like light on things. Yeah. And I will go like to the depths of hell and then come <laughs> back up with a joke. And I'm like, why did you not just join me on this chaotic journey? <laughs> maybe it is that we love the chaos, right? Like maybe there's something about like that shakti chaos that's just like, let's ride it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I love talking to you. Um, what? What is super unique? I mean, I could already I could already tell from like just talking to you, but I'd love to hear your perspective on what specifically is unique about your current approach with your clients to nervous system regulation. Yeah. I really am interested in looking at our stress response as our personality and really understanding not just the acute flares of our stress response, which is like, oh, there's a tiger, let me run, let me free, you know, like, but actually, how does this live in my everydayness? How am I really the expression of my stress response? And what does that mean? And how do we actually, so I think we have an idea that the stress response, like eventually we're going to become able to not have the stress response, which is, no, it's biologically wired, right? <laughs> like it is always here. And also from the most neutral place, stress simply wants movement mm-hmm. and life is movement. And so if I come together to understand these things and, and again, the, the allowing the personality to be fluid, how do we uncouple the unconscious stress response from our personality so that we can allow that identity to shift into who we really are meant to be, like a full expression of our essence? right? But also on that journey, how do we recognize that our personality is revealing to us what's happening at the level of our nervous system? We don't always have the time to drop into deep subconscious work. We don't all have the tools to drop into deep subconscious work. And some of us that are super, super parasympathetic systems who live in collapse don't need to do parasympathetic work. It, I don't need to do subconscious work in a way that's going to take us deeper into the existential crisis, Right. So how can we recognize our personality is revealing the state of our nervous system? How can we understand what's actually happening in our depths by how we're inside of this experience? How can we stop managing life and inhabit it? I think what sets this work apart is I'm not interested in people getting good at tools. I don't care if you're the worst manifester. I don't care if you hate breath work. We're still going to do it. 
But it's not about getting good at the tools. It's not about hiding behind this tool is going to make me a better person. I'm going to be more spiritual. I'm going to be able to manifest whatever the fuck it is you think you need. How do you learn to live more fully as yourself in a way that you are initiated as your own masterful teacher, guru, leader, lover, so that you're getting the most of your life, so that you're making the impact you're here to make, so that this human journey, so we can change the story we're saying about humanity, right? Because we're telling a really old, nasty story about ourselves, and it's time for a new cosmology. And I think that initiating ourselves into living through the nervous system and understanding what our personality has to do with that is the way that we can get maybe a little bit deeper into this experience. Good fucking God. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to definitely send you the transcript of what all you just said. (laughs) I'm like, okay, I need a minute. (laughs) Bill needs a minute. (laughs) Um, Okay. Um, Wow. Yes. So much. Yes. I would love if you're open to it for you Mm. to like, cause I took your quiz. And I would love to promote promote that here by diving yeah. a little bit more into the slow burn system so that people can understand oh. how it works practically. Mm-hmm. I'd be your guinea pig. Totally, totally. So you're a slow burn. That's what you test as, right? So was what, what tell me what was did that sort of illuminate something or was that surprising? No, it deeply resonated with me. I I like mm teared up when I was seeing the like you always try to be seen you always try to like be understood and you have these gifts to offer and nobody seems to recognize it and I was just like oh (laughs) yeah you know what's interesting is um I I am I'm a crash and burn but I have a lot of um clients and students that are the slow burn um, and what I love is, is how the, my understanding coming to understand this slow burn system and how their leadership, how your leadership qualities are so disregarded in the world and the level of masking and the level of tension that it can take in a slow burn system just to find a footing in the way that that the current world of expression and leadership and entrepreneurship is set up, it's been illuminating to me. And that's what I've really loved about going on this journey about better understanding why it matters to know whether we're a parasympathetic dominant system or a sympathetic dominant system. And how if we just um, receive that kind of information about ourselves early enough, and we started allowing systems to change to support parasympathetic people, in our world, like, oh my goodness, how different could it be? So you as a slow burn are really, you know, you're a radiant system and you're really here to illuminate a different way of being and living and to really bring us into alignment with the pleasures and the joys and the beauty of life. And, you know, the things that we want to call soft skills is really like the places where the slow burn system shines. And And what I find so intriguing is that slow burn system is the system that's set up least for the least amount of success based on how we run school and, you know, most of our our systems. 
And so what the, the amount of stress and load that a slow burn system learns to operate within is intense. But what it means is that there's less space for your essence to really shine through and that that fundamental story that I'm not doing it right keeps so much of the focus off of the choices you would want to be making and having to mitigate yourself to make sure that you're fitting in with what other people are going to be expecting you to do while also never feeling like you're ever going to do it how somebody else expects you to do it. Um, and so, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, my, my jaw is open because I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I feel yeah. very seen. <laughs> that's and that's so beautiful. And and what I love about this is that there's a way that we all believe that what we're experiencing is so different. Right? That like it's it's me. Hi, I'm the problem, right? Like um <laughs> and and really when we start to be able to come down to this nervous system level, archetypes begin to make sense at a different um depth. Because we're like Oh, I mean, I don't really, we've never had a personal conversation. And yet just me talking about this archetypally, you're beginning to understand and feel the resonance with your own system, right? Mm -hmm. And so that the power of working through the nervous system allows us to really understand this archetypal journey that we are on as humans. So I don't want these types, this the burnout quiz that I'm working with, and I don't want those to become labels where we use as excuses. What I love is that it empowers you to be seen and then to take choice, right? Because what, so the archetypal journey is like this big map, but then how we play on our own map is what matters, right? And so the power of the slow burn beginning to be like, I'm going to take all of these things, maybe not all of them, maybe just two of them, that other people haven't celebrated in me and I'm going to start celebrating them and I'm going to start forefronting them. I'm going to start talking about this part of me that has seemingly been unavailable. I think so many slow burn systems had the experience of their joy being squashed or being told that you're you're too joyful, you're too exuberant, like the fact that you think it's going to be so easy is just ridiculous. You need to be more realistic. You need to get get with the program. That's not how it works here. And, you know, every slow burn that just, you know, goes, you know what? I'm done believing that because I actually came here truly knowing that it can be a little easier, that it can all be joyful. That pleasure is the most important part. Survival is ensured because we're going to die. It's okay. What else? What else are we here for, right? And so I really, I'm I'm loving kind of highlighting this slow burn system because it's, it's very different than my own system. And I feel like part of that is then I get to be the champion of the slow burners and really help the rehabilitation process to be like, no, you were right. We got to slow down. <laughs> You got it right. Yes. <laughs> the rest of us are crazy chooks. <laughs> I mean, we know, but it's really hard to to know that when, mm-hmm. when the whole thing is like, you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. You're wrong. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, thank you for just like since I made that about me. Um, but I want I wanted <laughs> I wanted people to like to hear that because like. Yeah. You're um in just reading the emails that everyone please go take the quiz. It's fucking fantastic. And even better than the quiz is the emails that you get afterwards. 
in that <laughs> fucking document about your type. Yeah. Now, like when we're doing, go ahead. Yeah. We're working on a revamp. We're going to, it's going to be even a little bit bigger in the next month. So, so you can take it now and get all of that, but, or you can wait and you'll remember, come back because yeah, it's been, it's the, the response has been amazing. And so I have more ideas about things that can happen with it. So. Can I take it again? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, I so so within your work to give people an idea, like people come to you like me who have had this experience of I I think you said it was parasympathetic response Mm -hmm. that I'm in, um, which I believe earlier you mentioned is the kind that doesn't need to deep dive into subconscious, which I have I'm very curious about. (laughs) Mm, Can be, can be if it yes. So parasympathetic dominant systems um want to be in their radiance right but that's also a very expansive system inside of that expanse can be the places where we get lost in our own existential crisis where it's like it's too much so it maybe is too easy to dissolve into kind of the ocean and then it's really hard to come out of that or you can get really lost in the shadow work where it just becomes like an obsession and you you sort of dissolve a little bit too much into some of these things so yeah a parasympathetic system might need to watch how much deep diving they're doing without enough structure because it could get you get lost down there yeah it can relate (laughs) (laughs) yeah i have an totally and i love a good existential crisis but i think that you know the the superpower of being able to have that empathic ability and to be able to spread your system out and, 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 you know, really work into the cosmic is so important. But if we don't also have then what's my, what's my tether back out and am I over privileging the cosmic energy and dissolving into those spaces over engaging in the world? Can you talk about over privileging? Yeah. So I think that a parasympathetic system, a parasympathetic dominant system. So this means that the dominant way your, or the majority of your system wants to operate this way. Right. And so we've got two aspects. We've got our sympathetic side and our parasympathetic side. So when I'm looking at these based on our energy system and how that's translated into our personality, what I'm calling it is a dominant side. You could also be a hybrid, which means you've got access to both sides pretty equally. But the parasympathetic is the radiance. So when we're in our highest part of this state, we are just in our radiance. Like our essence is leading. We're so expansive. It's the vista view. Like, oh, right? But it doesn't necessarily have specifics. It's like the Monet painting back just a little bit, right? Like you can't quite see the edges. And that's a beautiful place to operate and so necessary for our consciousness. But sometimes if the details get left out too much, we begin to disengage. There can be the habit of disassociation, the habit of numbness, the habit of lack of engagement. I can't get it done. I can't care enough. We become apathetic, right? We become disconnected. And so if our all of our practices, all of our spiritual work is about let me dissolve myself, become the not self, parasympathetic systems can get really addicted to that because it doesn't require them to to wrestle with the own selfness, which a parasympathetic's ultimate criteria 
or mission here is going to be, how can I take the spaces me? How can I take that expansiveness that I know is true as me? Not just as the everyone, as the me that I chose to come here to be. Whereas a sympathetic dominant person is all about time. So the timeness of like, I got to hurry. It's got to be done now. And the urgency and all of that is the sympathetic maladaption, right? So the sympathetic system is learning to like, how do I calibrate through time? How do I become present as me, right? So we're either dealing in space or time as our ultimate curriculum here. Mother, father, fascia, bone, and, and nerves. So we're these, these aspects of our system, right? And so obviously we want to become a whole system, alive in our whole system. So more than likely we have to work both sides, but there's going to be one that feels most natural, superpower and kryptonite natural. Like it's going to be both. We're going to be like, this works really well. And also <laughs> I can just hang out here. <laughs> I feel called out in a in a great way. <laughs> I I love I love the call out because I feel like yeah. I feel seen. It's like feeling seen yeah. and like oh that's so weird that I do that. Uh, <laughs> God, that's so fascinating. So so with your clients, they're are they taking the quiz and then you're kind of understanding what what system they're coming in with? My one-to-one clients I can pretty much tell once when they arrive <laughs> what's what system we're working with <laughs> I've been tracking for a while now so um and then there are some systems that are tricky and then there's definitely some systems that are so co-opted or conditioned that I'm like we don't know exactly what we're working with so we know this is what's presenting right now and so we're gonna work with that but I'm not certain once we come through some healing where actually you're gonna fall on that scale and I think that's a lot of people who come in looking like they're sympathetic, looking like they are um, really wanting to be more yang, creative, shakti um, as their forefront. And then we get into some healing and they're like, the yin part of themselves that they've always yearned to be starts to emerge. And they didn't know that that was allowed. And they didn't know that that part of them was was true enough to be present and 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 a focal point of their life. So I think sometimes we can be so conditioned based on the imprints that we were given as a child, based on the information that we were told about who we have to be, that we can be operating outside of our our systems the the way it wants to be working. And I think I'm beginning to play with how this applies across human design. So that will be fun. So it'll be a while before I'll, I'll kind of really dive into that because I'm just really learning to put it together. But this is now the kind of research that I love to do. I just get to design it. I don't have to do an, an, an IRB. I go to the government to be like, I'm testing on humans. <laughs> but I'm like, hey, everybody, tell me what your human design is. <laughs> and then I can start cross-referencing my own beliefs and, and concepts and test it out and see what happens. <laughs> Oh my God. I want to know everything. I know everyone <laughs> listening does too. I'm yeah. absolutely fascinated by, by what you're describing. And it feels like such a beautiful, like relationship between all of these things that have been a part of your life from the very mm -hmm. beginning with the record player of like, I'm here to dance. <laughs> want to see me dance? 
you've got like the the physical element the gift of like your presence and who you are just as a as a gift to people and this Mm. like incredible quote-unquote drill sergeant side that's like look at all this fucking information that's gonna blow your mind (laughs) (laughs) and that's the part of me that I'm like okay just accept that that's you that you're always gonna be like hey there's more information over here yeah (laughs) I absolutely love it oh my god um where where can people find you right now yeah I'm on Instagram I'm still Alicia Halpin on Instagram um I'm gonna that crossfade of identity and yeah on there you can get to my website my link tree there should be a link to the burnout quiz um on there as well and yeah everyone go take it (laughs) yeah go take it and then tell me what you are yes (laughs) it's great I've had people tell me like that they make people take it at dinner (laughs) that they can talk about it where are you I knew you would be that (laughs) that's how you know it's good because I'm that person who when I find these I'm the person at the dinner table like take this right now (laughs) take it right now (laughs) so I can tell you who you are (laughs) yes yes so good. Oh my God, Alicia, thank you so much for being here. This has been so mm-hmm. fantastic. So amazing. So good to connect. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you all for joining me today. If you are wanting one-on-one support to help you step into trusting yourself, seeing your own magic and building the life that you want, you can contact me on my website. The website is below in the show notes. I hope you all have a bitchin' day. <laughs>